It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello, all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to another special edition of Why Blank Lost, as we discuss Episode 8 of Survivor Philippines and the vote against baseball player Jeff Kent, who was actually the very first person to speak on this season, other than Jeff Probst, of course. I'm David Bloomberg, and with me as always in this RHAP off-season journey through time is my co-host Jessica Lewis. I just wish that people knew the discussions we had prior to this starting because I knew there was props. I could tell by the way you're behaving that there was something <laughs> that was going to be coming out. I was not expecting a catcher's mask, but no, no, no. It's umpire's great. mask. Because oh, oh, who okay. better who better to judge the game of a baseball player than an umpire? Mm, that is a good point. Very good point. <laughs> you know, because as we do each week, we will judge. Or umpire, if mm-hmm. Jeff was mm-hmm. safe or out. <laughs> well, uh, he was. He was actually out because he got. Well, voted he was out, definitely so. out. Yeah. But you know, mm. uh, in terms of the rules, okay. Um, it, you know, we've watched the show and we've taken in all the available information. <laughs> now, I was, gonna, I, I was you hoping you weren't going to keep that whole on yeah. the whole time. Um, you know, once again this week we are in my uh, coverage hiatus. Oh no, my hair's all messed up. Mm. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> There is still plenty of information out there, including podcasts and interviews with Jeff. So we can look at his gameplay in comparison to the rules I originally wrote way back after season one and have been modifying ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could check out the most recent version of the rules at robhaswebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules, or you can get the shorter and much more colorful version of the rules in poster form. Poster form. That's right. At- I'm bringing it in. Here's my your prop in at tinyurl.com slash David rules poster two. 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 That's right. It's 11 by 17. It's only $20. If it's wonderfully in a frame, you should definitely order it. Yeah. And uh, of course, in addition to the poster, we also have another way to get the rules so that you can always have them with you in T-shirt form. That's right. Uh, just go to Rob has a website dot com or Rob has a podcast dot com. Uh, click near the merch or click the merch link near the top. Sort the store so new items are first and poof, the shirts will be there. We have there both men's and women's T-shirts. You can bring the rules wherever you go, including That's baseball right. games, right? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not have rules. Catch, uh, uh, sorry, you said catcher's masks, umpire's masks yet. If we have to fit them, it, it would be tough. Yeah, that would be a hard thing to do. I mean, usually definitely... the umps carry the rules in their pockets anyway. That's true. They do do that. And I guess I'm prepared for this podcast because I just was at a baseball game. So mm-hmm. if this is the theme we're going with, I'm all ready. Let's talk about baseball. Okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, now 
I, I mentioned earlier that this week was once again in my coverage hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in fact, Philippines was the first season that aired after my website, Reality News Online, went down. So it was one that I didn't remember all that well until our partial rewatch that we just did over the past few days uh, sparked my memory. And we saw a few highlights and lowlights. Uh, you know, you had Lisa Welchel, Penner, Denise and Malcolm working together. Abby mm-hmm. Maria and RC working against each other. Um, and Mike Scoopin. Yeah, there, it's interesting because I feel like this cast, quite a few people developed from it or there's, there is those few very memorable people. And then mm-hmm. there seemed to be quite a few that I didn't remember. And so it was, it was very interesting watching it because I'm like, Oh, I absolutely know this person, this person, this person. But wait, who is this person again? So it it was revisiting and trying to relearn because sometimes I watch the seasons and I have a much better recollection of all of the people. And I felt like with this season, I wasn't recollecting quite a few of them. Yeah, I mean, I remember Jeff Kent was on, mm-hmm. but that was about it when it right. came to him because it was so soon after my site went down. I, I just, you know, and I, I wasn't listening to podcasts yet either. I was just kind of in recovery after having covered every single season, every single episode of survivor leading up to it not to mention all the other shows that i watched and covered and edited articles on and this was the first season where i could just watch for fun without having to pay attention to every single little detail right yeah and now you're just at survivor overload because you you continue to do so yeah i mean if you remember when we were doing the preview podcasts about denise the podcast about denise i didn't have much to say mm-hmm. this was why i mean i remembered her somewhat i couldn't remember the details from her season though yeah again and this is one of those weird seasons and i feel like it's one of those interesting final threes because they they all had more of um a quieter game, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a whole lot of flashy things happening. It certainly wasn't a Tony season. So I do think mm-hmm. that there was quite a bit of a difference in that final three than what you would have seen in some other seasons of Survivor. Yes. yes. Now, before we get to the rules, uh, as usual, we have a couple things uh, to discuss. First, I just want to say I loved the Merge Tribe name, Dan Grain, because Dang Rain. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I saw an interview with Penner that indicated he really wanted to name it effing rain, it, with not calling it effing, though. Uh, but of course, that wasn't going to fly. Right. And it was funny, too, to watch Jeff Kent and his Ponderosa video, just loving the fact that there was torrential rain and that they were all suffering and he <laughs> wasn't having to suffer. So that that just brought me back a little bit. Those moments yeah. in Ponderosa when you're like, ha. They're all out there in the rain right now. I'm dry. They're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No vindictiveness at all. No, not at all. None. Really none. <laughs> now, as we watch the episodes leading to this one that we're covering, I was reminded of the reward challenge that came to a dead stop because absolutely oh, yeah. everyone was just they, they were spent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ended up being the first time there had ever been a negotiated reward exchange where one tribe let the other win, win reward and in exchange gave away their remaining rice. I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened since either. No, and I honestly was very disappointed in that whole thing. I mean, it it seemed to be a very difficult challenge. Absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I know that Jeff has this idea a lot where he 
likes to let things happen. And so he was willing to negotiate and he was willing to listen. But I do feel like it's a very bad thing to do because you have no idea how much rice is on the other side, for one thing. I mean, they could have been in the same exact position that the tribe that was basically out of rice was. So you might be making a deal for nothing and they really didn't get that much rice out of it. And then you just end up kind of creating this animosity amongst the people within your tribe because some people didn't want to and some people did and not everybody agreed, but they did it anyway. And it just got really weird very quickly, even though they I think the word you're looking for is whiny. Yeah, like it was just kind of like just, you know what, struggle through, like keep pushing, actually try to win. Someone's going to give at some point. I mean, they stood there for hours. Someone will give up at some point. But yeah, Yeah, I I didn't love that. I mean, both sides or at least certain people on both sides felt that they got the raw end of the deal. But mm-hmm. to me, Calabaugh clearly made the right decision by giving away a, a meager amount of rice for many, many more calories from just this one reward. Mm-hmm. But there was still so much whining. It really was. Carter and Katie after they got the better end of the deal. Oh, we gave away our rice. Oh, what are we going to eat tomorrow? How about leftover sandwiches and potato chips, you big whiny babies? <laughs> well, and I do have to wonder if they were allowed to bring any of that back with them because... I think it was at their camp. It was at it? their or, camp. Was it at their camp? Yeah, because that's what they were saying. I don't remember if it was... Maybe I don't it was who delivered. it was that was saying it, but they said we got such a better deal because if it had been the other tribe, they have two more people and mm-hmm. would have gotten the same amount of food. So we get all this food and we have fewer people so we can actually save some of this for later. Yeah, no. And if they did have it back at their camp, I know that one of the food rewards, the only one that I was part of winning, I actually had a sausage in my bag for a day. So so I was going to eat that the next day because I wanted to save some food. (laughs) But I agree with you. They were definitely too whiny. If there is one thing you need to accept, if you were playing Survivor, you will be hungry. And that's life. So drink a lot of water eat coconut and hopefully get some fish, but you're going to be hungry and it's going to be terrible, but that's what you signed up for. Deal with it. Yeah. But especially after you just had a good meal to whine, Oh, we gave away our rice for this. I mean, the other side was the one that should be whining, not you. Mm. Yeah, no, it was definitely, it was, it was strange. All of it was weird. I, I, all of it was definitely weird. Penner was weird about the whole thing because he was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to catch so much fish. And that's great that he wanted to do that. But then he caught like (laughs) bait fish, you know, right. But it was pure protein. Mm, Yeah. Eat coconut. No, there was, there was definitely too much whining happening and all of that. Yeah. Now, the last item I want to talk about before we uh, move into things is not a positive one. And Uh I almost didn't mention it, but I think we have to. It's a struggle here. It was a really icky feeling to watch Mike Scoopin, knowing what we know now. Yeah. And, you know, in episode six, Pete said, Mike makes horrible decisions. Yeah. Pete, you had no idea. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it felt like, yeah. Yeah. Well, just, and yeah. it's it's just unfortunate. Absolutely mm-hmm. unfortunate that he was a part of any of that. And so, right. yeah. yeah. 
So I'll leave that there. All right. Yeah. So let's move on to this episode. Uh, the, the description of it on CBS All Access says it's, quote, one of the most complicated and entertaining tribal councils ever. And indeed, Penner winning immunity right before right when he needed it uh, through the tribe's plan into disarray. Malcolm described the scramble as, quote, the most last minute crazy thing I've ever been a part of. Uh, now, does all of this mean it was a live tribal council or was everything carried out like it had been previously set? Either way, how did Jeff go from the guy making the plans to the guy becoming the main target of the majority plan? Where did he go wrong? It's time to figure out why Jeff lost. So the first and foremost, uh, most important rule, of course, is to scheme and plot. And Jeff certainly understood it. In episode six, he said, I came into this game knowing that I'm going to have to lie, knowing that I'm going to have to jeopardize my integrity and character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it all had to do with getting further in the game. And he had multiple plans to do so. Indeed, starting at the very beginning, Jeff got the whole tribe, other than Penner, together right right away and encourage them to use Penner's knowledge for the first few days and then vote him out because a new person should win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he continued that thought process as a way to unite people throughout the rest of his time on the season. While at the same time, he said in an interview that he and Penner had a pretty strong alliance and he was just using Penner to get people to focus on him. And, you know, he didn't describe it as a meat shield strategy because I don't think that terminology had come into play yet, but that's basically what it was. Mm -hmm. I do think, though, there was part of him that struggled with this a lot because I appreciate the idea that he was presenting to the tribe that Mm -hmm. we should keep Penner around to utilize him. He's got to go soon because we don't want any of the returnees to end up winning. And so he kind of planted that seed in their head, which is always good to do because you get people thinking along that same line. Right. But then he was struggling with this but do I want to work with Penner and how, when do I cut ties? And I know that he was very concerned after the fact that he had, he seemed obsessed with Penner, Mm -hmm. but I do think that that really got in the way of him just kind of having a plan and moving forward because he kept struggling with, when do I pull the trigger? You know, when do I actually cut ties with this guy? How long do I string him along for? So it, it was, I think it was a hard thing to watch just because you kind of saw it, it working through the, the multiple air, you know, like it could go this way, this could happen, that could happen. And so I think he struggled a lot with it, although it was a great plan to, to put in motion. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it really was a, a running situation throughout the eight episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, after the third challenge, Penner told Jeff he had the idol to try to gain Jeff's trust. And Jeff was willing to go along with Penner because Penner had some power. But he told us this is a ge- this is a me game. This isn't a we game. Right. And. Uh, which is something that a lot of other players could stand to use. Yeah, they're just thinking of themselves. Yeah, that's because it's a me game, not a mm-hmm. we game. Right. Um, you know, he said he gave Penner a four finger handshake instead of a manly handshake. <laughs> um, and it only counted to him if it was a manly handshake. Listen, uh, handshakes don't mean anything on Survivor either. Right. Okay? right. <laughs> so. um, you know, and going back to last week, I guess it wasn't what Sarah Lucina would describe as a sincere handshake mm-hmm. um, you know the following episode he made a deal of sorts with Penner saying that while Penner brought the idol and experience Jeff had a good relationship with others in the tribe like Carter right but I also feel like there was too much emphasis placed on Penner's previous experience I 
don't discount the fact that when mm-hmm. you go out there, you do have a wealth of knowledge that no one else has. But that could actually be a negative for the tribe as well, because they have so much knowledge that you don't have. And so while well, you can utilize it, Penner had to learn, right? I mean, he was a newbie at one point. He had to figure out how to play the game and everybody has to kind of go through that. And so I do feel like hanging on to him, thinking that we can utilize him. Although it's a good idea, it can also be detrimental because I think Penner did use a lot of that to his advantage as well. I mean, he he knew about the game and he knew certain strategies and things to do that other players just didn't realize. Yeah. Now, now, Jessica, I, uh, I, I know probably nobody else is listening or watching. I'll just just tell you this. I I know that probably someday you might want to return. Mm -hmm. So maybe you shouldn't give hints that they should get rid of returning players. No. And I'm not saying that you should. Just a suggestion. Listen, I appreciate you looking out for me and nobody just heard me talk about that either. Right. But it is something to think about. I mean, it's it's one more component. Right. Where I think it's a great idea to keep returning players around because they are the shields. And I do think that they are a wealth of knowledge, but there is a lot to the game that you have to consider. And I think that Jeff was utilizing that to a certain extent, but then was kind of missing like, okay, once we merge, I mean, I know he kept talking about scoop in mm-hmm. and Penner and the prospect of them getting together. So he was at least very mindful of it, which it appears nobody else really was. So the fact that he was thinking about that just showed that he did have a strategy, but he clearly struggled with working it out in the way that he wanted to. Yeah. I mean, he said in an interview, he wanted to use Penner and Scoopin and that he tried every angle to keep going forward. A couple episodes earlier, he was the primary person making the decision between voting out Penner or Katie. Uh, he told Rob that Penner was going to be the target until the 11th hour. And then Jeff changed it. He figured that in case there was one more tribal challenge, they needed Penner. And if not, Penner would be a nice juicy target at the merge. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it was a good, good idea. Yeah. Certainly a good idea. Yeah. Now, along the way, Jeff had to deal with his own issue, which was the possibility of getting recognized and outed as a multimillionaire, former professional baseball mm-hmm. player. Um, Dawson did recognize Jeff. And I, I just a uh, side comment. Her name is Dawson. I don't know that I've heard a woman named Dawson before because mm-hmm. the name Dawson in old English means David's son. <laughs> and I know this because it is my son's middle name because it there means David's son. Um, so it was either that. See, I mean, my other option for naming one of my boys was to name him Harley because then he would have been Harley, David's son. <laughs> um, I like that. That's yeah, good. My wife didn't. So, you know, uh, <laughs> Dawson was the best we could do. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, side. Tri- so I, you know, seeing it as a, a woman's name. You know, with the word literally meaning son, uh, you know, uh, anyway, uh, but she apparently she recognized Jeff, but apparently nobody else on his original tribe did. And in episode five, when his tribe had to go to tribal council for the first time, Dawson kept making comments about how baseball players aren't real athletes and there's too much standing around, essentially letting him know that she knew who he was and in her mind, making him squirm. But it was not the brightest thing to do as they prepared to head to tribal council. As mm-hmm. he said on the show, it might be best to vote her out because she knew his history. Right. Smart, and, you know, oh, go ahead. I was I'm just, sorry. I was just going to say a smart move for him. And if we were talking about why Dawson lost, this probably would have been right. a big part of it. 
But it's curious because in her exit press, she claimed that they actually discussed the fact that he was a baseball player and that she tried to align with him and then he didn't align with her. And then in his exit press, he was like, that never happened. Yeah, that conversation didn't happen. Yeah. So I'm curious, like if it did happen or didn't happen, but clearly it didn't work out in her favor as soon as she gave any inkling that she recognized him. She was out the door. So, again, I think that just goes to show how he was working through all angles of a potential strategy. He was always looking ahead, but I think he got caught up in it and looking mm -hmm. too far ahead instead of just like, let's like focus right now where we're at and that, you know, tomorrow, the next day. But he was thinking too, too far ahead. And I think that's where he ended up getting stumbling, you know, along the way. Yeah, I'd love to know if she just had a fever dream or a hallucination or if he blocked it out. Um, oh, but it's weird. There's actually another thing he said later we'll get to that was contradictory, but um, self-contradictory. Mm. But, um, but anyway, getting back to the tribal council from this episode, um, Jeff said in his interview, actually, this is the contradictory thing. Jeff said in his interview with Rob that everybody was scrambling before and still at tribal council. Mm. And I have no doubt about the former, but whatever may have been happening at the actual tribal council, I don't think most of them were scrambling. Just he was. I, I say this for two reasons. One, with the results, it seems clear there was a plan and people stuck to that plan. But more importantly, Jeff, this is where he contradicted himself, told the Hollywood reporter that he found out about 15 minutes before tribal council that he was going to be voted out. So I don't exactly see how he could tell Rob that everybody was scrambling when he already knew what the plan was. Well, but there was a scene in the episode when somebody came up to him and I can't recall if it was Malcolm, but told him that you're the one that I heard is going home tonight. Maybe it was Carter. I think it might have been Carter, mm -hmm. but actually told Jeff, you're the one that's going home. And then that's when Jeff was like, oh, no. And then you saw more conversations and all of a sudden Malcolm was dropping a different name and they were changing the names. So maybe that's what he was referencing is that he did actually hear that he was the one going mm -hmm. home. But then because he there was a new plan, we're voting Pete. And, you know, and things shifted that perhaps he thought that he was no longer going home. And then when they got to tribal council, things got a little kooky. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. He he did also tell the Hollywood reporter that he tried to do everything he could to make sure he wouldn't actually get voted out. But again, that goes back to him scrambling, not everybody else. And, right. But I yeah, do yeah. get the sense that there was a whole lot of scrambling just because there was a lot of things happening right before tribal council to make people panic. And you had the whole thing with Malcolm. Mm -hmm. And once Malcolm started to panic and then Pete like completely obliterating every potential opportunity they had to vote out Malcolm. But then it's it's almost like a spiral effect because then you have so many people who are like, oh, well, wait, but this was who we agreed upon. And they're all kind of coming up to each other going, okay, now now it's Pete. We're uh, Pete. Yeah, we, what, yeah, Pete, Pete. Okay, we're good. You know, so it's like people are like swirling in their heads like, well, what was the last name we just said? Because mm -hmm. you had so many names being referenced that I do think that there's a possibility that people can still feel like like that's scrambling because you're changing names every few minutes and the problem with the moments before tribal council is you have no idea when you're going to get cut off right you know at some point well, you're unless you're to tony then you figure it out that's true but you know you'll be told okay like lockdown mm -hmm. you can't talk 
So I think everyone kind of gets that anxiety going on because they want to make sure that they get the right name out there. The very last thing they say, Mm -hmm. and if they don't, then that panic also sets in. And if you've also heard your own name, you're panicking about that too. So I do think that's probably why there was a sense of scrambling as they walked into tribal council. Yeah. I think there was that sense, especially for Jeff, but again, everything happened at tribal council, even to the point that Penner said, we have six solid votes for Pete. And then the plan, the original plan by the opposing tribe held firm. So everything that happened at tribal council didn't matter. Yeah, but what was Penner doing? No clue. I'm still uh, confused. I, I'm confused too. And I even searched out his post game press. But because it was several episodes later, it doesn't seem like anyone asked him why he voted for Abby Maria. It makes zero sense. Yeah. Zero sense because he was the one sitting there proclaiming they he had o- six. The only thing I can think of is that if she had played her idol for Pete. Mm-hmm. He was a vote, you know, a, a minor split the vote. Yes, but if the, they don't have the numbers, it doesn't even matter. But he may have thought they had the numbers. He mm-hmm. may have thought that everybody was voting for Pete. Right. Yeah. So there's all kinds of wonkiness going on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was the first rule. <laughs> uh, they're not all going to be that long. I can guarantee that. The second rule says not to scheme and plot too much and to keep your scheming secret. Now, we already discussed that despite what we saw, Jeff and Penner had an alliance and Jeff didn't really want Penner out right away as much as he was claiming that he wanted him Mm -hmm. out. Um, But the problem was that he was so open in saying he wanted Penner and Scooping gone that as he told the Hollywood reporter, I wasn't I, I was perceived to be so obsessed with him when in truth I wasn't right. and. We've talked, I don't know how many times, about how perception is reality. Perception is everything. Mm -hmm. And if everyone thought that, but then Jeff tried making a deal with Scoopin, how is Scoopin supposed to trust Jeff and work with him? Especially after the prior episode, the episode seven vote, when Jeff made several different deals with different groups and even said heading into tribal council that whatever choice he makes, some people were going to be mad at him. Right. But I think it's interesting that... He talked in his Ponderosa uh, video about how he struggled because no one ever no one really wanted to play like he wanted to play the game and he didn't get the sense that a whole lot of people wanted to play. And I did actually feel a lot like that watching him interact with a lot of the individuals on his tribe, that there wasn't a whole lot of push by any of the other individuals to necessarily play real hard or make a difficult decision. You know, that's why I feel like Jeff almost took over that role where he had to lead his team, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to talk about baseball, you know, here's a guy who's on a team and, and you have that kind of team mentality where we all have to be on the same page. We need to know what the plan is. We all have to talk about it. And so that's probably where he struggled quite a bit in understanding that sometimes it is not a team mentality. You know, this isn't me game, as you talked about. And so by sharing some of the information he was with people who were kind of like, okay, well, we could do that. You know I mean? And I kind of felt bad for him because I think the guy really wanted to be able to play with a group of people that were interested in really playing hard. And he was playing with a group of people that were kind of like, all right, yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah. 
All right. The third rule talks about being flexible. And we just discussed it often seemed like Jeff was very focused on, you know, not wanting a returning player to win. But at least part of that was for show. So how do you think he did in this rule? I I'm going to go with he struggled because I do think that there was a desire for him to make moves and want to do things, but that he even recognized when he went to Ponderosa that he shouldn't have voted RC out. He's like, I, you know, that I screwed up. That was a bad idea. You know, we should have, we should have voted for Penner when we had the chance to do it. And he kind of, you know, I don't know if he got cold feet or decided that that wasn't a good idea, but I think that whole idea of what do we do with Penner and when do we do what we want to do with Penner got kind of locked in his brain so much that it caused him to have an inability to really make a choice that was the best choice at the time. Because like I said before, he was always looking too far ahead. And because he was looking too far ahead, he was struggling with what he needed to do right now. Yeah, I mean, I would disagree with him that they should have voted off Penner because it wouldn't have mattered. For the other tribe, he was always second on the list. Mm. You know, I, I think we'll probably get to that a little later here. But if he had voted off Penner, he'd have still gone this this um, episode. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't you know, know if it would have benefited him, but in his own mind, he thought it was going to. Well, I think that's partially because of lack of information when you get to Ponderosa. Mm-hmm. You know, he may have thought that Penner joined forces against him uh, right. when, in fact, Penner didn't. You know, he, he may have thought Penner made a brilliant move against him and Penner was busy voting for Abby Maria. I know. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I do think that he he did have some flexibility. You know, he, he talked about in episode four how once he had his discussion with Penner and knew he had the idol, he had to adapt to the situation and make some adjustments. And I feel like he did that several times, including the switch from voting out Penner to voting out Katie that we already talked about. I, I do think he was keeping his eye on the ball. Yeah, I, I don't think that he wasn't. But I I I I hate to be talking so much about Penner because I know he doesn't want to have the perception that he was obsessed with Penner. But I do right. feel like every decision he made really circled around Penner. It yeah. was no matter what it was, Penner was always part of that equation. I know Penner right. was on his tribe, so he had to think about it. But I do think that it caused some issues for him in just having a clear choice because it was always, what about Penner? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them. Or as Lisa said, the same rules don't apply in the game of Survivor as they do in real life. And and she was explaining that it's a noble idea to want to bring good people along, but you need to bring beatable people along. Mm-hmm. And this is indeed a fact of life in the game of Survivor. And more people need to remember it. But, you know, I don't think that it was a big issue for Jeff. He played professional sports for many years. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he had friends on other teams, but he wasn't going to play any differently against another team just because of that. And I, I don't think he would you know, do it here. He wasn't going to let his emotions get in the way on Survivor either. Right. And I don't think he did. And can I just spend two seconds on Lisa? I just have to. One, I didn't say this. Two. Oh, OK. Go ahead. <laughs> OK. Everyone remembers her. Well, not everyone, but remembers her as Blair. I mean, I remember watching that show growing up and I was not a fan of Blair watching that no. show. I really Nobody did was. Not. You, weren't, you weren't supposed to be. I, but it's it's so fascinating to see someone who in their real self 
on, you know, this this type mm-hmm. of show where she even got to say it's so much fun to just be me and not have to be a character. And it was so refreshing to see her not as Blair, to see her as Lisa. This just really like wonderfully sweet individual who was also wanting to play the game, which was nice, although it was, you know, more of a, a quiet type game. But at least she was real. I mean, she was processing stuff very well out there. Very calm, very cool and collected. And I just loved seeing that because mm-hmm. the Blair that we all know was not the Blair we saw. Right on Survivor, yes. but yes, yeah. I, so I agree with you. He did not; his emotions did not trouble him out there. Yeah. All right, the fifth rule talks about the social game and reminds players they need to pretend to be nice. There was nothing that really stood out for me here with Jeff. He told the Hollywood Reporter, "I liked everybody. Everybody got along with me." Mm-hmm. I like too that. Wait, I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to but I do like that he seemed to form a bond with Carter, who was one of the younger players, mm-hmm. because I do think that that could be beneficial to someone like he was. I think he was 44 and I don't, I think maybe Carter mm-hmm. maybe like 24. So there, there could have been like a really nice, like dad moment there perhaps where like he almost took Carter under his wing because I think Carter might've needed a little bit of guidance sometimes. Yeah. And a little less whining. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, the thing is that Jeff told Rob that he wished the game were more challenging environmentally because then there wouldn't be as much of a social game element. Hmm. And so I guess it would be safe to say he was fine, but not an all-star when it came to that part of the game. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that he was disliked. I, but I do think that he was kind of looked up to by people that were on his tribe and, and respected because he was just, he was just a, a nice guy, but I don't think it was over the top. And I don't think he went out there wanting to like be besties with anybody, but you know, he was just, he was just likable. So it was right. kind of, you know, even keel playing the game, but unfortunately, you know, sometimes you have to kick that up a notch. Right. Exactly. And I don't think he did that. Right. Um, especially when you want it to be worse environmentally. So you don't have to worry about doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, the sixth rule warns against being too much of a threat. Now, early on, Jeff hid his knee injury because he didn't want to be seen as a negative type of threat to hurt their chances and challenges. But most of the game, he was seen as the type of threat that he truly represented, which was that he had the potential to be strong in challenges and in strategizing. Mm -hmm. He was seen as the leader of his tribal alliance. You You were just talking about that. And while he thought he was plotting the downfall of Penner and then Scoopin, his supposed allies from the other tribe had decided to make it, as I mentioned, Penner and then Jeff. Right. Uh, so when Penner won immunity. He was the Jeff, fall guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the obvious second choice. As Pete said, he's a nice guy, but he's a big threat and I want him gone. Right. And I do think that it's one of those situations that he couldn't necessarily control that much just because of who he was. I mean, he, this is kind of his personality where like, Mm -hmm. I've already talked about, he's, he's used to being a team player. He wants to work on a team. And so I think he just kind of came across as more of that leader type, despite not necessarily wanting to be, and also giving ideas to people about who they should vote out and really kind of, 
being someone who was leading a tribe when he didn't necessarily want to be a leader, but unfortunately he just kind of fell into that role. And so when you have the other tribe looking at this and they're looking at, well, who's making the decisions? It's Penner and, and Jeff. Okay. Well, who's got to go first? Who's got to go second? Right. Who's on first? What's on second? How many baseball hey. analogies can we make here? So, but yeah, so I do, I do think that that was an unfortunate situation for him just because he kind of fell into that role, which then caused him to be seen as a threat because like we already talked about, he wasn't disliked. He was likable and he was obviously respected because people were listening to him. Yeah. Yeah. Now the seventh rule deals with how to handle immunity idols and advantages. Obviously Jeff wasn't one of the people who found idols right under their noses, but we, we mentioned earlier how Penner told Jeff about his idol and Jeff said in an interview that since he was working with Penner and of course, because Jeff you know, wanted to get rid of someone from the other tribe first, he told Penner to play the idol when he was in danger. Other than that, I, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about him in this rule? No, but I do think that this was a missed opportunity for him. I mean, knowing that Penner has an idol and going back to Lisa and Lisa's little lesson, if you will, at tribal council to Abby about what you're supposed to do with idols I thought was really quite cute I do think that he could have utilized that bit of information in a different way he was using it because he thought it would benefit himself because obviously when you know who has the idol then you know how the vote could potentially unfold because you don't have to worry about an idol just popping out of someone's bag like it did during this right. you know tribal council but I do think that if he was so adamant about getting rid of Penner and knowing that Penner had the idol he could have potentially used that to his advantage by he's got a good relationship with Penner. He can make Penner feel like he's safe and he's not in trouble and then vote out Penner with an idol. And then you don't have to worry about that until it comes back into the game. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. We're back. So let's get back to the show. All right. Uh, so Appendix A is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting and says to vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. Uh, right after the merge is a key spot to vote out strong threats like Penner, Scoopin, <laughs> Malcolm, Pete, Jeff, mm-hmm. all of whom were possible targets throughout this episode. Uh, Penner, of course, won immunity. Malcolm showed his idol. Uh, Scoopin and Pete were still solid with their original tribe. And that left Jeff. Uh, he was in a bad spot. Of course, the truth about Malcolm having the idol didn't come out until tribal council when things had already been set. But it was earlier that Pete had focused in on Jeff. It was something of a no brainer at that point for the majority tribe to get rid of this strong player on the opposite side for all the reasons we just finished discussing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think they made the right decision. Yeah. And I just want to spend a moment here, too, with everything that transpired at Tribal Council and that moment when Malcolm does take out the hidden immunity idol and then shows it to everybody. I feel like at that moment, Lisa should have stood up and been like, I told you, Pete, like, I yeah. told you. But, you know, it's so it, it She's had just to too have, nice to do that. I know. But it had to have gotten the wheels in Pete's brain turning like, oh, Lisa was actually being honest with me. Malcolm was lying to me. So mm-hmm. I, I think that although it kept Malcolm around, obviously it helped him, you know, to announce I've got this idol. No one wanted to vote for him. It also probably caused some serious damage because he had told Pete, no, I don't. I absolutely don't have one. And then, oh, a tribal council. Hey, by the way, here's this. Yeah. Here's this hidden immunity idol that I, told you I didn't have. So, you know, it's it was an interesting thing to kind of watch unfold 
and then to know what transpires later in the game. But it's got to be one of those moments where Pete just was kind of taken aback and said, okay, I just got played, even though mm-hmm. Pete shouldn't have ever talked to him about it in the first place. But right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's Pete. Yeah. Okay, so it's about time to wrap things up. Uh, What kind of final thoughts do you have? Well, I have to ask, am I correct in remembering that one of the first things Jeff said was this game sucks? (laughs) Is that what he said? I feel like something like that. I mean, yeah, I don't remember for sure, but it sounds like something he would say. When he first they got on, you know, off the boat, he's got his busted up knee. And I'm pretty sure one of the first things he said was this game sucks, which made me giggle because I do think for someone like Jeff, who is a a strong athlete and going out and playing what is a very physical game and for wanting it to be even more of a physical game. So he doesn't have to do the social component of it just tells you how much of an athlete he really is and how much of a competitor he he really is. Mm -hmm. So I do think for someone like Jeff, his desire to compete probably pushed him where he didn't want to be in survivor because we've talked a lot about how he was seen as, as a leader type. The focus was on him very early. It was he and Penner kind of running the show on their camp. And that's not necessarily the place you want to be at the start of the game. But at the same time, somebody needed to kind of lead the tribe and someone needed to let them help make the right decisions. However, if he had such a desire to get rid of Penner, it probably would have been better for him to kind of lean back and say, all right, Penner, you take the reins and let Penner lead and not step in and try to make things happen so soon and so early on because people caught wind of it and they figured it out. So I think for someone like Jeff coming in as a baseball player probably didn't necessarily benefit him as far as his gameplay is concerned, because he wanted to play hard. He wanted to play fast. He wanted to play tough. And he was just playing with people that didn't necessarily want to play that same way. And I do think that you saw a lot of that in the end. And I know I'm going past the episode we watched, but when he questioned the final three, how they basically didn't really have that, you know, that that strong type of game being presented and wanted them to express what they had done that he could really have a lot of respect for. I do think that we saw a lot of that competitive nature coming out from him. So unfortunately for Jeff, there was Penner and that was a problem for him. Yeah. And I, I don't think that he was able to set Penner aside and just focus on his own game. Penner became such a strong part of his game that it ended up negatively affecting him. And his inability to kind of set aside his desire to run a team also negatively affected him. Yeah. Yeah. This tribal council lived up to its billing as one of the most complicated and entertaining tribal councils ever. But what Jeff didn't know until it was too late was that by the time tribal council came around, things were already locked in against him. No matter what the conversation was at tribal council, no matter what people said, it was all a bluff. They wanted to Jeff to think a fastball was coming that he could hit out of the park, but instead they threw him a curve. Jeff played a pretty solid game. Uh, he kept his identity hidden. He schemed and plotted. He was fairly flexible. He understood it was a game, so he didn't get emotional. And he did fine in the social game. But he got two strikes along the way. Strike one was the second rule, because Jeff was using a version of the meat shield strategy But usually when people do that, they don't also profess that they want to vote out their meat shield. He Mm -hmm. kept saying he wanted Penner gone as well as Scoopin. It did deflect attention from him for a while, but people weren't going to buy into it forever and certainly didn't win him an ally in Scoopin. Strike two was that he made himself into too much of a threat. 
He could point to Penner as a threat forever. But after Penner won immunity, who was next up? He wanted it to be Pete. But Pete's tribal alliance wisely decided to stick together for the time being, meaning it was time to take out a threat from the other side. Jeff was down in the count. He thought he might have a chance to change things. But when all the craziness happened in tribal council with Malcolm's idol and Abby Maria's idol, that seemed to solidify the prior decision rather than opening up possibilities for him. He took a swing, but he missed. (laughs) Strike three. You're out. And that is why Jeff lost. I was waiting for it. I'm like, when's the mask coming back? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I like, it's a good look. You should stick with it. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I like that. I always tell people they should wear a mask. So you do. Yes, you do. (laughs) You know, that if anyone wants to know, follow David Bloomberg on Twitter, he'll tell you. Yes. Now, uh, before we look ahead to the next episode, episode uh, that uh, the next episode we'll be discussing, let me remind everyone that the rules we just discussed are now available in both T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Whoops, hold it. That was a poster. That, that would be a poster. That's, that that's a poster. Too. This is a poster. And this is a T-shirt. Right here. A t-shirt form. Okay. That's a poster, too. Yeah. Uh, for the shirt, go to robhasawebsite.com or robhasapodcast.com and click on the merch link. Then sort to see new items first. Uh, for the poster, go to tinyurl.com slash davidrulesposter2. Yes. And if you are outside of the United States, you can contact me on my Twitter right here. You can DM me and I will definitely make arrangements with you to get it to you wherever you are outside of the United States. Postage will be a little bit more expensive, but I will talk you through everything before you commit and we'll make sure that we get you your poster Mm -hmm. now next episode as was announced on the wiggle room uh we will be looking at episode nine of survivor micronesia can they stop going up no see that's the way this works that they they Um, may have told you that beforehand you know know what each time it goes up one but that's uh, up one listen i just would like all of our listeners to understand how different this going back in time is for us as opposed to some of the other podcasts that they're listening to. They're focusing on one episode. We got to go back and watch all of them. That's true. That this is, is true. how committed we are. And, you know, I thought that at some point I'd stop doing that. But the problem <laughs> is I keep finding things in early episodes. Right. And you know, I mean, I talked about here, you know, from the first episode, the fourth episode, the sixth episode. Right. You never know. You can't skip. And also, I will just say, I end up down like the YouTube rabbit hole when I start looking into these things and Google rabbit hole. And I mean, it's just, it's incredible the things that I stumble upon. I'm like, stop. You have to go back and focus on this actual season. We can't be watching this. And I mean, it's, it's incredible what's out there. It is absolutely incredible and very, um, mind numbing sometimes. And you just mm. lose track of time and you realize I've been like watching YouTube videos on things that don't, have anything to do with this podcast, but I can't help myself because I love survivors. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like I said, episode nine of survivor Micronesia, uh, featuring an effing stick. Uh, so yeah, that should be a fun rewatch. Oh my gosh. Um, I think I know because... what you might have with you next week. I have no idea. I, an I, effing I stick. Know. Yeah, I know it was a joke. <laughs> um, I'll probably forget now. I um, will, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently this is a merge episode again. So mm-hmm. we've merged, we've been post-merge, and now we're merging again. 
This is crazy. It's crazy. But I will say that is a very fun moment in Survivor history that um, if you don't know it, you should learn it because it is amazing. It's amazing. Now, as we wrap up, uh, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. Once you join, you'll see all of the different shows that Rob does. Nine call-in shows a month. Mm-hmm. Weekly Q and A show with Nicole. Uh, he does now patron trivia, which I think is going on as we record this. Patron mafia once every other week. Um, I mean, it's just everything. Everything he does for the patrons. Um, and you know, if we ever get out of the house, there's discounts and first access to live shows. Um, but in the meantime, you have the Facebook groups to keep you occupied with a great community of people, uh, including, of course, both of us, uh, where you can talk about Survivor, Big Brother, life in general. Uh, so remember to go to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello. Yes, you should definitely join. The patrons get all kinds of wonderful things because of Rob. And also it is full of individuals who love the same things as yourself. So it's a great group of people who talk about things that you will enjoy. Clearly, if you're listening to this, then you are a fan of Survivor and you are probably a fan of a lot of other reality TV shows that Rob does specials on and has podcasts on. So you should definitely, absolutely, 100% become a patron. And you can also follow myself. I'm Jessica Lewis. Here I am. Jessica Lewis. Am I going to get it? 89. Here we go. I'm at Jessica Lewis 89 and he is at David Bloomberg this way. (laughs) You should follow us on Twitter. Follow both of us. You can get both sides of the story. And if you follow David Bloomberg, you can see all of the fancy face masks that he has been purchasing and putting on a little show. I do feel somewhat responsible for the David Bloomberg face mask selfies that have been coming out because you're finally owning it. And I love it. Because I've been talking about these selfies for so long and you're now committing, I think it's wonderful. It's so thank you so those, much. Though, you know, but I all. think it's great. It's like yeah. every day is almost like a fashion show from David Bloomberg as well, he yes, shows another. It is. It is a That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you yes. should definitely follow David Bloomberg to keep up on his masks. And you should follow myself at JessicaLose89 as I comment on his masks. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of Twitter, we need a handshake. I'm sorry. I just yeah. it we need a hashtag. Um, and I think it's obvious what it is, especially since I just said it, which is manly handshake. Not just any know. handshake. I manly like, handshake. I like your umpire mask. I think that was good. Yeah, but it, with the beginning of baseball season, baseball season. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I think manly handshake is. Uh, I think that's good. But yes, yeah. ha- handshakes don't. Mm-mm. They don't mean anything on Survivor. They really don't. So yeah, and the handshakes are also dead now. So you know that's, <gasps> that's maybe the true. last time that we have a hashtag with handshake. It's it. going to be elbow bumps and fist bumps and mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, just the long prospect. <laughs> um, that so was a great course, mask, by the way. Yes. Um, uh, of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, which is YX Lost. Uh, make sure, of course, that you're subscribed to all the RHAP Survivor podcasts uh, for this Survivor journey through time at robhasapodcast.com slash Survivor or on your favorite podcatcher 
Uh, we are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed. Uh, so, you know, of course, there's the other two podcasts journeying through time with us, which is the wiggle room and the B and B. There's other podcasts going on right now too. Uh, Taryn Armstrong has, you know, some big brother podcasts and, uh, here's a little hint. There's going to be a lot more big brother podcasts coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, um, Josh and Jessica and Zed. Uh, have the mole rewatch, which I've been watching one episode per each time also, um, because I have the DVD. So I didn't have to search for it on YouTube. I just popped the DVD in there and, uh, yeah, look at me. Uh, I had to literally dust it off, you know? <laughs> um, so that's a lot of fun, uh, on mole patrol. And it, it is also funny because I remember who the final three are. I don't remember which of them is the mole. So, so that'll be um, a fun rewatch. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I do, but I'm not a hundred percent. So anyway, yes, you, you get all of that again on reality TV wrap ups and uh, the survivor feed, uh, you know, download them both. Great. <laughs> I always love it when that happens. I'm like, wait, what, am I supposed to do something? Oops. I am. I Damn am it, supposed David, to stop talking. What am I supposed to do next? <laughs> Listen, this is the this is why I think we like maybe listeners, I hope you agree, work so well together because we have much different dynamic. <laughs> I'm not as regimented as David Bloomberg, in case you haven't all noticed, but I do know I'm supposed to say thank you right now. So thank yes, you to see? Scott St. Pierre, who does all of the editing for us on both the audio and video version of Why Blank Lost. So thank you so much for all the wonderful work you do, Scott, at very odd hours in the wee morning Thank you for that. It's incredible. And then also to Will from America. Thank you for the incredible theme song that you created, which is on the audio version of the podcast. So if you're watching the video, you should go and just check out the audio version song as well, because it's wonderful. Thank you, Will, for doing that for us. So you guys do great work. Yes. And thank you, Jessica, for another great look at the past. Uh, And uh, we will see each other next week. We will see you uh, listeners. Well, I guess you'll hear us listeners but watchers you will Mm. see us anyway before we get too far down this philosophical rabbit hole we'll see you next week for another blast from the past bye yes bye you lost survivor and you're feeling down david and jessica will turn it around they'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out this is why blank lost and this is why blank lost Oh, baby, this is what I love.